Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When I was born, I was taken into another room by the doctor. I was drug addicted. My mother heavily did a lot of drugs and drank very heavily while she was pregnant with me. She didn't really want to have me and she was attempting to rid herself of a problem. When I was born drug addicted, I also had multiple obvious birth defects and scoliosis, which was a less obvious birth defect. So he took me into another room and he said, nobody, like you tell the mom that she's dead. You just say she was born, stillborn. And my mom said, well, I want to hold her body and say goodbye to her. Well, that complicated things more than a little bit. And I was given to her and I did survive. Uh, I went through quite a lot of, I was allergic to milk and it was 71. So finding soy formula was not go down to the corner store and grab some. It was very different. I nearly died from that. I, I kind of feel like just life in general was really just trying to get rid of me <laughs> early on. My mom and then the allergy that was back then really serious. It was very hard to get soy formula. And I was quite colicky. Eventually, my mother came back and got me. I was with my grandparents during that because my mom was just, you know, I didn't want this kid to begin with. And now she's like this. Ah. When she came back to get me, she took me and my brother and she went back to her husband at the time, which is my brother's father and possibly mine. I don't, really don't know. And neither one of us really care. <laughs> and at that point was when she ended up going to jail for prostitution and possession. And that was how I ended up in foster care. And very convoluted story. I'm not going to go into all the convoluted parts of it. I'm going to keep it as short and sweet as I can. Mm -hmm. She gave me to her aunt and uncle who were foster parents. And that was when the abuse that led to the near-death experiences happened. Mm -hmm. And how they, old were you at that time? I was three. Three. Mm -hmm. yep. Okay. When I was three, and my mother was went into jail and she gave us to them and it was supposed to be a temporary arrangement you have them as soon as i get out in a year i'll take them back and we'll be all done and they said oh no 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 you're a bad person mm -hmm. meanwhile they were severely abusing me and in their minds she was the bad one and obviously in my mind and her mind they were the bad ones and ultimately they did end up murdering her they went on the run for a different reason. Um, the foster father was rightfully accused of uh, 
assault on one of the other foster girls. I had near-death experiences beginning probably not long after I ended up with them all the way through until I was six. My mother was murdered when I was six. They took us on the run when I was about six and a half. So for six months, we were on the run and I had near-death experiences all the way up through that entire time until we were rescued when I was seven. The one that I typically start talking about, the near-death experience, that to me is the one that I feel like gives people the most hope maybe or is just a good starting point because it stands out in its own way from the others. This one, I was taken to the hospital, <laughs> non-responsive. And when I got there, the doctor said, this little girl is being starved and abused. And I was unconscious. He, uh, there's a EEG machine that reads brain waves. And back then they stuck wires up your nose. I don't know how they do it now. I haven't had one, but that's what they do. And of course I wasn't awake for it. Thank goodness. Yeah. And he also hooked up an electrocardiograph machine for the heart. And he said, I'm going to prove that you guys are abusing her, that you people are harming this child. And if she dies, it's your fault. And I'm going to prove that. And I had no brain waves. I had a heartbeat and that stopped. So they began, or I guess stopped is not like, it didn't stop as much as it just started to beat really fast and then all of a sudden slowed down to where it was so far apart that he said she's going into arrest and he started to do uh the paddles and, yes yeah the, the efforts that they go to and i was beside my body and I was watching them do this. And beside me was the being that I call my attendant, uh, my friend. I really don't have a word to express it. And the reason is because I looked up at it and I said, um, you know, what are you, you know, are you an angel or you, I wanted to know, you know, this is my friend and, and you've been with me through these different things. What are you? Who are you? Why are you here? It's kind of amusing that I wasn't thinking the other way around, but, you know, I'd done this a few times before, so I wasn't thinking the other way around. And it said to me, some people call me a guide. Some people would call me an angel. Some people would call me a god. Some people would call me, you know, it's labeled a couple other things and i said but you're not really any of those things are you and he said well none of them are quite accurate but all of them work just fine you know this people can call me what they want it's i'm gonna answer anyway <laughs> <laughs> and i said why why don't i know what you are 
And to me, that was important. Like, why, why would other people know what to call you? But I don't know what to call you. And it said to me, because you don't have preconceived notions. Like, you don't have ideas already of what this is all about. I was so severely abused. They, in the vernacular of the time, I try not to use this word because I don't like it. It was used to abuse me. Uh, but in the words of the time, I was, they thought I was a retard and I was not taught anything. They did not teach me how to brush my teeth. It, just the most basic, simple things they didn't teach me. So I had no knowledge of religion. I had no knowledge of even, like, for me, my whole world, that as long as I could remember, had pretty much been that one house, that one place. Maybe sometimes we walked to the store. And then when we went on the run across the country, I, they allowed me to do as little as they could get away with. You know, I... I So I didn't have any knowledge. I didn't, I was essentially little more than an animal and they made sure of that. They told me you're little more than a dumb animal. And they made sure that I was not treated like a human being by people around me, them, of course. So my friend told me you your blank slate is the words that we would use. You have nothing. You have no real connection to this planet. You haven't learned to understand anything about it. And therefore, you're just having a pure experience. So after I asked at that, he pointed at the bed where I was lying. My body was lying. He said follow them and kind of i i say gestured at them but i just more understood like he didn't move his body nothing of him moved we weren't like hey you go watch that I'm like, okay i'll go watch them it was this instant we fully understood everything that we wanted to say to each other in an instant mm -hmm. he said follow them I followed them. We went down the hall. We went through two double doors. Down the hall as the double doors closed behind us. Turned a corner. Went down the hall. Two more double doors. <laughs> down the hall into an office where they closed the door. And why do I emphasize this? Because there is no way. People have told me this before. Oh, you heard it. You were able to repeat it from hearing it. I have better ears than the best dog on the planet or whatever the best hearing thing is on the planet. If I heard through all those double doors and that office door and down the corner around or down the hall and around the corner and through the door, through the door, through the door. And there was no way I heard that with my human body. Yeah. No later after i went out and had an experience i returned back went into the body 
And I was able to repeat that conversation verbatim. And both sides agreed that I had repeated it verbatim. The foster parents accused me of being demon possessed and the doctor held my hand and cried. So I can, they both gave the appropriate response for them, if that makes sense, to if I related it perfectly. When I finished listening to them and they turned and left and went back, my friend asked me, are you ready to go? And I was, yeah, I'm ready to go. And I was taken out into the universe and shown just amazing, splendid things. And, and I can talk more about that later, but I surfed on sound and I listened to the music that the planets sing and that the suns sing. And they each do have their own melody and it's not just a melody it's intertwined with light and sensation and it's <laughs> sorry i i struggle to express how it has both a feeling of like you know weight and, and solidity and yet it's just sound and it's just light rays and yet i just felt it in every aspect of my being mm. and these it's just beautiful it's just i don't care what anybody ever tries to tell me i do believe from my experiences that every sun every star every moon every planet Every rock, every tree, every forest has love and is part, if not a soul individually, it is a part of the soul that, you know, a, a forest has a soul and it may ensoul all, all of the trees in it, or it may be separated into multiple souls, but human beings in particular, we are very ensouled. Our souls are really hyper-focused. But if your soul is being a rock, it kind of doesn't need to be all in, like, right there. Planets that are inhabited are much more soul-present, like, focused, ensouled, I like to call it than ones that are developing, beginning, or uninhabited. So I went through just so much in that brief time between when I died, when they argued, they headed back. Before they got back to my body, it was time for me to return. <laughs> and my attendant ask me are you ready to go and i said i don't i don't want to go back i don't you know i'm gonna go back and it's gonna hurt and it's gonna be terrible and it's gonna be so much more pain and suffering and i don't want to go and it said expressed 
you don't have to go. It's we're not going to tell you what to do. We're not going to make this decision for you because we're it's going to be bad. It didn't try to pretend everything is going to be fine. Oh yeah, you're gonna be great. It's gonna be no, it was your decision. You choose what you're going to do. We we can't make this decision for you. And then I kind of just was like, I'm going back. And it wasn't really a decision as much as I just knew I was going to go back. I, I kind of had known the entire time that I was going to go back. It was really hard to go back though. Every time it was hard to go back. 